0: Hey everyone, I am Lori Ricciodoni. I am your host, and this is a taste for all seasons. This is a cooking, cultural, and inspirational way for us to explore the world of food with the philosophy of eating with the seasons. You are listening to WPVM LP 103.7 FM in Asheville, North Carolina. I wanted to give a shout out to Davine Dial, who runs and nurtures this local treasure. Thank you, Davine, for giving me the opportunity to share my passion and expertise with the community in Asheville. Today I'm going to talk about the historical and cultural background behind risotto and also teach you how to make an authentic risotto. As well as all the various health benefits of our star ingredient today, which are Morel mushrooms, as well as the why around the method of cooking. I don't know about you, but I like knowing why I should do something, so we're gonna talk about that. So if you are a curious cook, you are definitely going to wanna to stick around. Did you know that Asheville is one of the most biodiverse plains in the world? We have over 4,000 species of plants, 2,000 species of fungi. I mention mushrooms because morels, which are our star ingredients for our recipe today. You know how fortunate we are to live in the amazing Blue Ridge Mountains here in Asheville, which, by the way, is a city that takes their food very seriously. And one of the driving forces that moved me here, this is the most gluten-free friendly city I've ever been to. And as a seasonal gluten-free chef and health coach, that was really what motivated me. And of course, the organic farming. There are so many farmers here that practice the principles of organic farming. And we'll talk about why it's beneficial for us to eat that way in food that was grown without chemicals and also food that's grown closer to home. Organic foods oftentimes have more beneficial nutrients, such as antioxidants, and they're really nutrient-dense, much more so than their conventionally grown counterparts. So people with allergies to foods, chemicals, or preservatives, they may find their symptoms lessen or go away when they eat only uh, organically grown foods. And speaking of symptoms, how I got to be gluten-free um, and a gluten-free chef, I've been eating this way and cooking this way and teaching this way for about 10 years now. And I had chronic stomach aches for almost two years and headaches as well. And, you know, it's so interesting how we just can start to tolerate certain Uh, things in our body that necessarily aren't favorable, but it's just becomes our new reality. And it was suggested to me to stop eating wheat. So, you know, at that point, I would have really done anything. So I did. And, you know, I think it was less than a week, but I'll say a week, I think it was actually a couple of days, my stomach aches went away. Still get headaches now and again, but they're way less severe than they used to be. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. Also know that your food will taste better um, organically grown, especially when it's local. Growing close to home, you know, it hasn't traveled for two weeks or more than that, you know, by the time it gets to you. And this is also a wonderful way to connect with our farmers. And they love sharing information about the food that they grow. They're proud of it. So, you know, as humans... We have always connected through the gathering at the table with food at its core. And having grown up in a large Italian family, and a family of restaurateurs, and a father who was a northern Italian chef, whom, like most Italian families, we had a love affair with food. Every Sunday we gathered at my grandmother's house. It was a communal time to slow down, to nourish our bodies, to converse, to rest for a moment. If I close my eyes, I can see, smell, and taste that Sunday feast at the table. This way of love and connection through food is what we're going to dive into. So go get a cup of tea, get cozy, and join me on this scrumptious journey through food. The Taste for All Seasons is going to air on the last Saturday of every month at 11 a.m. where we will cook our way through the seasons on WPVM LP 103.7 FM in Asheville, North Carolina. The food we eat every day matters. It can change lives. And as an integrative health coach and seasonal chef, I get to inspire new ways of using local ingredients. So, staying true to the philosophy of eating and cooking with the seasons, we will talk about our star ingredients. As I said, is the morel mushrooms, and the power and diversity of these ancient edibles. Edible mushroom species have been found in association with thirteen thousand year old archaeological sites. Wow, that's pretty extraordinary. I think. And you know, the Chinese value mushrooms not only for food, but also for their medicinal properties. Morels start popping up in Asheville in the early spring when the ground is just warming up and fern fronds are poking up. And after a midnight of rain is actually the perfect time to hunt for these edible treasures. Because if it's too dry, most morels won't be convinced to come out of hiding. They require a warm, damp ground. And what a delight it is when you are fortunate enough to find these delicate and flavorful friends. So, you know, we live in Asheville, which has mushroom foraging here. So if that's something you're curious about, it's a wonderful thing to do here right in in your own backyard. Um, Mushrooms have also been praised for their medicinal properties. Thanks to their heavy dose of protein, potassium, and polysaccharides, which all contribute to a healthy immune system. And did you know that morels are known to contain one of the highest amounts of vitamin D among all the edible mushrooms? So I want you to consider me your friend in the kitchen, guiding you to create healthy seasonal recipes that you can incorporate into your lifestyle. We all have different ways of eating, and depending on our culture, sensitivities, taste, habits, cravings, this is what drives us to eat certain foods. So I invite you to keep an open mind and enjoy the pilgrimage through food. A quick note on choosing ingredients. We're going to also talk about pantry essentials. You know, if something doesn't look good, it probably won't taste good. If we let nature be our guide to what's on your table, you will always eat well. And anyone who has had a perfectly ripe tomato, picked at its peak, you will know this to be true. All right, we talked mushrooms. Let's talk about risotto. Okay, are you ready for this? Some of you might not be familiar with risotto. Risotto is to Italy what paella is to Spain. Classic risotto is a rich, velvety dish made with abodeo rice, is the most common used, that almost has a porridge-like consistency to it. And unlike other rice recipes that require simmering in a pot of water, the rice used for making risotto is made by slowly adding in your liquid in small increments. This process allows the rice to release its starches creating its famous velvety sauce. And don't worry if you've never made risotto before. I'm going to walk you through the recipe today. Another note on risotto. There is no doubt that this dish is creamy, indulgent, and delicious, but it doesn't mean it's unhealthy. The pearl-like short grain rice used in this dish is packed with more fiber than pasta, and it doesn't require a heavy dairy-based sauce and it is naturally gluten-free. Whether you have a sensitivity to eating gluten or not, it can really be beneficial to explore other flours like almond and chestnut and garbanzo. They're just easier on digestion. They're high in protein, low in carbs if you're you know, wanting to eat a little bit less carbohydrates. And I discovered through all my trips throughout Italy is that these are staples on the Italian table. I had the most amazing ravioli that were made of chestnut flour with a beautiful bolognese sauce on top. So there are just so many different flours to use. Weed is just one to explore. There is a myth that goes uh, like this about risotto. There was a young apprentice In 1574, he was put in charge of making a stained glass window that was to adorn the Cathedral Duomo di Milano. And while he worked, many of the townspeople made fun of him, giving credit to the herb saffron for the beautiful colors that were showcased in his artwork. And as a result, this apprentice became very angry and he devised a plan of retaliation, During his master's wedding, he added an excessive amount of saffron to the rice being served as the main dish. He hoped that his action would ruin the festivities, but instead the rice received great reviews, launching risotto into culinary fame. You know, the history of risotto is naturally tied to the history of rice in Italy. It's the Po River Um, That's Italy's largest agricultural plain and main rice-producing region. And it's Piedmont, which is in the Po River Valley, that consists of some of the best farmlands in Italy. It's no surprise to me that Piedmont is considered the food capital in Italy and home to some of the tastiest truffles and mushrooms you will ever eat. Risotto is one of the treasures of the Italian table, and the story goes it was Milan where this rice met its delicious destiny. However, this Italian-born dish is made throughout the southern and northern regions. So before we go over the risotto, I just want to sauté our mushrooms a little bit, so let me just walk you through that. And then you can just put these aside and reheat them a touch later just before folding them into the risotto at the end. And also know that if morels aren't available to you, shiitake make a delicious stand-in. Really you can eat uh, any kind of mushroom uh, uh, would be just delicious with this. Mushrooms are available throughout the year, although it is the last week in March, which is right now that the morels are uh, popping up in Asheville and then will continue on for the rest of the season. So I can't wait. So you're going to heat a heavy bottom saute pan. And before you add your fat, which in this case is some healthy extra virgin olive oil, you want to make sure that your pan is hot, you don't want to ever add ingredients to a cold pan. So you want to heat your pan a little bit. And the reason for that is if you add ingredients to, you know, a colder pan, particularly meat, although there is no meat in this recipe today, the time it starts to, the pan starts to heat up, it it is cooking something a little bit and, and you can potentially dry something out before it's actually cooked through. So hot pan, people. Then you're going to add about a tablespoon or two of your olive oil. Wait a moment, and then add your mushrooms with a little sprinkle of sea salt. And a note on salting your food. You want to salt from above, like the rain. You want to hold your, your sea salt high and let it drizzle down. Because if you hold your salt too low down, it's going to clump onto one spot. And you might have an area that's, you know, too heavily seasoned or not enough seasoning. So just remember from above, like the rain. Then you're going to saute the mushrooms until they start to melt down. This is going to take about five minutes. You know, you want to bring your intuition into the kitchen with you, along with all of your senses. And taste your food as you cook. And then, you know, if you need to add a little salt as you cook, you know, you start to build that flavor from the inside out. So I like adding salt to the ingredients as you're cooking. Again, you're building flavor. If you wait to the end to add salt, it's going to taste salty. So adding a little salt, you could taste it later if you need to add a little bit of salt. That's okay. But you really want to season as you go along. All right. Mushrooms aside, they're ready for the risotto. Balancing salt, fat, acid, and heat are the elements in making a good risotto, but also crucial for every dish you cook. If you master these elements, I promise you, you will be able to cook delicious food of any kind in any tradition. Season your food with the proper amount of salt at the proper time and choose the optimal medium of fat, in this case, it's extra virgin olive oil, and then the addition of acid, in this case, lemon for our risotto, and apply the right type of heat for the appropriate amount of time. Do this, and you will turn out vibrant, delicious food every time. You know, the best types of Italian rice are arborio and canaroli. Do not be tempted by the round rice or other short grain rice because you really do need to use the very specific rice that makes risotto, and I'll tell you why in a moment. You also never want to rinse the rice before cooking it because it will add moisture before we toast the rice. Because toasting the the risotto rice is a very, very uh, intricate part um, to making a creamy risotto. The Italian short grain rice, it gradually, gradually releases its starch to bond and be absorbed by its principal ingredients. And these must include a good quality olive oil, some grass-fed butter, ideally some homemade broth, stock broth, same thing. Homemade broth has a creamier texture, even though it's a liquid, of course, because of the vegetables that are being cooked down for two plus hours. But I also want to note that please make your risotto, even if you don't have a, a homemade uh, stock or uh, to use. And um, I would recommend getting an organic one if you're going to use uh, a box stock. And more often than not, the best Parmesan Reggiano you can afford. The rest is up to you. Once you have an understanding of how risotto works, you will have a blank canvas to create. You know, risotto is actually a very simple dish to make, but people seem to get perplexed about making this dish. I think it's um, partly they think they have to sit there or stand there for a half an hour and and stir it constantly. And... Although you do need to be pretty consistent with your stirring, you don't have to stir it for every second. So don't let that be off-putting to you. All right. I'm going to walk you through making this authentic risotto that your Italian Nona would be proud of. There is actually very little variation when it comes to risotto, the risotto cooking vessel. And for optimum results, you want to use an oversized heavy bottom skillet. Um, It just, everything gets to spread out a little bit. The rice isn't crowding each other, so it'll toast evenly. Then we will start to incorporate our hot broth, which is also extremely important um, in the making of risotto. The temperature of the dish must remain constant to prevent stickiness. And then by adding slow additions of the hot broth is really mandatory to creating uh, the real the creaminess of the risotto. Okay, this risotto recipe serves four. We're using one and a half cups of Arborio or Carnaroli rice; those are the most available, and we will use six cups of broth. Make sure you have your broth stock sitting. Uh, and the back burner kind of simmering. Again, you want to keep that broth hot. So, you know, just make sure you're prepared for that and you have everything laid out. It's really great to have your ingredients laid out because then you won't forget anything. We call this mise en place in the culinary world. So, you know, just set yourself up for success. You know, I like, there, there are, as I said, risotto is a blank canvas. I like to saute some finely chopped onions in olive oil and butter before adding the rice. What this does is it starts to build the flavor profile. Um, okay, so back up for a moment. We've added our healthy fat to the hot pan, which you were going to set on medium to low flame. I have put my chopped onions in there, and I'm just going to melt them down till they're a little translucent. You don't want to brown them necessarily. You just really want to melt them down. And then I will take a little salt. Remember the rain from above. Let it trickle down onto your onions. Again, we're we're flavoring the ingredients as we go along, building the flavor profile. So that's uh, important to remember. Then the next step, and a critical one to understand, is the toasting of the rice in hot fat um, and uh, grass-fed butter in this case. And then the hot fat is our olive oil, which, by the way, is a very healthy fat. And, you know, our brain actually needs healthy fat. I know I'm interrupting our recipe here, but our brain is made up of 60% Fat, and it's an organ that really needs to be fed in a different way. So, healthy fats, olive oil is one of the healthiest fats, and also easily digested, um, is really, really important for, uh, for brain health. Okay, so the toasting of the rice, tostatore, we call this in Italian. This fact gets argued about a lot, but in my experience, you need to toast the rice for about five minutes. Some people say as long as 10 minutes. This process forms a crust around each kernel of rice. And the rice, which you will see, is so different in risotto. It has this little kind of uh, white opaque seal around each grain. And what this does is it seals in the starch and then the, the slow, you know, cooking five minutes, uh, In in this case, it starts to seal in the starch so that the cooking process progresses in, in in a slower way and the starch is gradually released. This yields a creamy risotto. Again, this is a personal preference. So after I've toasted my rice, I add a little white wine. I mean, I am Italian after all. Half a cup. Once our white wine evaporates for the most part, we're going to start adding our stock. We will start with one cup of stock. And we're going to use a wooden spoon to make this risotto. You could also use a wooden fork. I like a wooden spoon particularly because it was my father's wooden spoon, which has to be over 50 years old and has his mojo in it. And I'm just very sentimental about it. And I know that it has stirred so many risottos and sauces. And uh, it just keeps it close to my heart. After our cup of, of stock is almost evaporated, you'll start adding the stock in half cup increments. This is going to cook the rice evenly, forming that creamy sauce around the rice. So each half a cup, when it's almost absorbed, just keep adding half a cup increments. After about 20 minutes, you want to taste your risotto. just want to see where where it is, if it's close. Risotto usually takes 30 minutes to make. But I think 20-minute mark is is a good time to taste it. And it should still, it probably will still have a little bit of a crunch to it. Although you do want to have your risotto al dente. This is an important element, I think, to making an authentic risotto um, that you could serve to your Italian friends. I'm making a joke. Uh, But taste for the seasoning and see, you know, how far you are. And probably we'll have another 10 minutes but you don't want it to be too salty. Remember, we added a little bit of salt with the onions. And also remember that the Parmesan Reggiano is a salty element. So you don't want to oversalt it, but you do want to be able to taste that there is some seasoning there. So if you're happy with that, you will turn your heat off. And now it is time to bring out the stars, the mushrooms, those beautiful little morels or whatever mushrooms that you're using. And heat off. I think I just said that. You're folding in your mushrooms, and you're also going to fold in your Parmesan Reggiano cheese. Give that a nice stir, perhaps a squeeze of lemon to brighten the dish. I put lemon on everything. Lemon is liquid sunshine. It makes everything taste better. And then finally, you will let it sit and steam with the cover on for four to five minutes. I also think adding some fresh herbs before plating just adds another brightness uh, to the dish that all fresh herbs bring. We're going to use tarragon right now. You could really use uh Whatever herbs you want, parsley, basil, chives, if you want a little bit more savory note to it. But the tarragon, I think, pairs really nicely with the morels. So chop up some nicely fresh herbs and sprinkle them on the dish. You don't want to put the herbs on when the rice is cooking or even when it's steaming for that last couple of minutes because the herbs will oxidize and they will lose their vibrant color and they will also taste differently because you're cooking them. So, you know, fresh herbs you want to keep fresh, uh, really, I think for the most part, all the time. All right, you set out a few shallow bowls, you plate your risotto, perhaps a little final grating of some Parmigiano. Maybe a little white wine to toast your accomplishment. And there it is, your beautiful risotto that I know you're going to make time and time again. And if you feel like you need a little extra guidance, I have beautiful risotto recipes on my website, laurierichardone.com. That's L A U R I E R I C H A R D O N E.com along with some more delicious gluten-free, grain-free, some vegan, all-seasonal recipes for every meal and mood. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show and that you feel inspired to stop at the market on the way home and get your ingredients and try your hand at a delicious risotto. Join me on the last Saturday in April at 11 a.m. on WPVMLP.com. 103.7 in Asheville, North Carolina as we continue to follow the seasons in creating delicious healthy dishes with ingredients from our very own community backyard here in Asheville. The end of April we have asparagus and cauliflower and leeks, spring onions coming down the pipeline and we will create a beautiful dish with these ingredients. And asparagus, which have a very, very short season, they're not at the market for too long. So if you see them, definitely grab a bunch because the asparagus that you get when they are at peak season and also locally, then you'll say, oh, this is what asparagus is supposed to taste like. So I really encourage you to do that. And as a bonus, we're going to be having a conversation with a local farmer who happens to be my farmer and where I get my delicious greens from. I want to take a moment and say, for many of us, budget is a necessity when planning meals. And just know that eating a mostly plant-based diet is cost-effective, especially when you're getting your ingredients right in your own backyard from your local farmer. I'd also like to leave you with a few pantry essentials that will create some easy, affordable weeknight meals with lots of flavor. I always have these staples in my home kitchen, and these are the basic elements to create delicious food. Some lemons, I'll have a bag of lemons, a good chunk of Parmesan Reggiano, or Pecorino, which is a little bit more cost-effective. Some beautiful Mediterranean Sea Salt. A note on salt, I have... I have a couple of salts in my, in my kitchen, but I use the same sea salt for cooking because I know what it's going to do. I know the flavor profile it's going to give me, so there's no guessing. And I think that's really important and also I think can build the confidence in the kitchen. And then let's not forget our stock. A few quarts of stock in the freezer, where on a Sunday afternoon when you're home with the family, you can chop up some veggies. A gallon of water, bring it to a boil, throw a couple of bay leaves and some peppercorns in there, some fresh parsley, simmer it for two hours, break it up into quart containers and keep it in the freezer, and you will always have soups and risottos and so many other dishes right at your fingertips. I would like to leave you with a final thought. Food for thought. Anyone can learn how to cook. When you understand how to balance salt, fat, acid, and heat. And if for some reason your dish doesn't turn out the way you would have liked it to, you can always try again tomorrow. Until next time, buon appetito.